Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. If I lived in Vernon, I would absolutely come to this church. I absolutely would. I just love the vibe here. We love your leaders. Josiah is really getting his voice. No, he is, and he's getting a message with that voice. A signature message is coming. This worship team has been sensational. (laughs) Sensational. Hey, do you have any hair products with you? My wife says I have. I've got a thing I've got to deal with. No? (laughs) Thank you. And you are and you are healed. And you are. Amen. Yeah, you are. Um, I love the, uh, you, are you guys like uh, the apostles or what do you call yourselves? Like the leads of, of the leads of love Dave and Kim. They've been, <laughs> they're Dave and Kim. But, but it, it's, it's since it honestly for us has been such a privilege to be with you. And, um, and you, uh, you are much bigger than you look. Now, like you are, you are much, much bigger than you see right here, right now. This is like this is like having a handful of apple seeds, but what you really have is an orchard. Wow. Just takes a little bit of time, plant them. You've got that all here, and um, and I can just see um, this place is way too small for what the Lord wants to do. You have to carry a vision that is in His heart, not just in your heart, because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you ever could ask or think or imagine. He's able to do that. Uh, you have to believe he's the God that's able. Um, I want to have Brittany come up for just a second. Will you come up for a second? <gasps> She's dying. <clears throat> can I have a microphone? Just very quickly for a second. You don't have to say much, dear. But you just need to say a little bit. I want you to just, this is Brittany, everybody. I want you just to say what you said to me in the foyer. Do you remember what that was? What part? The, the last part. Oh, um, just yesterday was the most life-changing experience I've ever had. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, I wanted you to know what you did. You facilitated the presence of God, and she had an encounter. She, she has been changed. Yeah. Now you need to nurture that yeah. and everyone that's been touched. But that, that's what happened. Now, now, now where that is in the scripture, you think, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to turn to Revelation and show you where that is. Because um, if you were to, you would probably think that I'm going to say that they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, which they did. But that actually is the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. That's what that is, what, what just happened. I need, I need to put you on the map, right? Yeah. Where it says that the whole world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. Yeah. You, you, what you're doing is part of that. That, yeah. that hasn't taken place quite yet, yeah. but it's in the process of taking place because yeah. you put your foot on the ground and you've claimed some ground. Yeah. You've dedicated this space for the presence of God. He sees that. You welcomed him, and he touched a life. 
it, it may have been like the, the, the primary reason that we came. And the secondary may have been the other stuff. That a life was changed. A life was touched by her testimony, not mine. You have done that. Keep doing it. <laughs> no, keep doing it. Just keep doing it. That's all you got to do. Just show up. He'll shine if you'll show up. He is. He is. He's it. He's, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And I just want to say, on behalf of Kelly and I, this is the greatest delight to be with you again. We just feel like you're all our best friends, and we want to stay. Unfortunately, we're going back to Calgary, and you're welcome to join us any any time you're in town, and we look forward to that. So thank you for hosting us. Our sincere thank you from Kelly and I, and my son-in-law and my daughter, and being their friends for that long. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> Hey, um, uh, I have, uh, what's the, the allotted time was 30 minutes, is that right? Does that include prior time? Kind of, yeah, I can stick to that. I might have to move a little bit uh, quick through a few things, but um, I want to talk to you this morning, and uh, this will be in a, uh, uh, an e-book in about three months, but I want to talk to you about, about uh, meditation and imagination. We have a mandate to stay true to a mission that carries on from Jesus Christ, declaring the good news of the kingdom, to disciple, equip, and empower, to love people where they're at, to create a place where the presence of God is welcomed, created, and celebrated. We are those that want to fight for the destinies of others, intercede for freedoms, intercede for families, intercede for biblical values, marriage, and the truth. That's what we want to do. Now take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter one, if you would, please. Right after I got uh, uh, radically converted to Christ, I went and had a few, a uh, little bit of time in, in Hawaii. And um, while I was there, um, I decided that I, was, I, I wanted to memorize the Bible. Uh, sound, sounds a bit ambitious. I was young. Um, and so I began with the book of Joshua because it's just sort of like that, first, that mandate in Joshua and, you know, taking land and slaying giants and whatever. And uh, I got to chapter 1, about verse 8, and I, it really stopped me because it says that this word of the law will not depart from your lips. I don't know. I probably didn't give you that, did I? No, sorry. But you'll meditate there in day and night, and then you will make, then you will be, then, then <laughs> I thought I memorized it. Mind, where did you go? <laughs> I was doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, we'll, yeah, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. How do you meditate on it at night? I'll tell you in a minute. So that you may be careful to do according to, you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Uh, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Anybody interested in prosperity and success? Sort of. Uh, there's an, there's a biggest word in the Bible is if, and, and if you will meditate now, my former, in my former, uh, heathen life, I was, I, I, I was very much involved in transcendental meditation, the emptying of yourself. This, what he's referring to biblical med meditation is the filling of yourself with truth. And, and in Romans chapter 12 and verse two says that there's one way to be transformed. That's not be conformed or pressed into the mold of your current culture. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So mind renewal, that process of mind renewal, and the word transform, of course, comes from the word metamorphosis, from one thing to another thing, from a worm to a butterfly. The transformation of you, the way that we're transformed, it's not by sitting and soaking in a church service. That's part of that process because we're, meant, we're the called out one, the ecclesia. We're called to gather, gather together. And it's an environment where you're meant to grow in. But, but, but you're meant to feed yourself before you get here. And when you get here, then you're meant to minister to others. So, so this process I'm referring to now, the medi- meditation. Meditation is, uh, and I think I wrote a definition here, if you'll just bear with me. Meditation is a process where our thoughts, emotions, and images mirror Christ's. I'll repeat that. Biblical meditation is a process where our thoughts, our emotions, and our images mirror Christ's. I'm going uh, to tell you how, how that works, and I'm going to explain how that works. Because reading, just reading through your Bible in a year won't change you. Do it but it won't change you. You have to allow that word access into your life and says, then it says we're blessed. Blessed are those who do it, not read it. Now, Revelation, there's a blessing in reading it. But he says that, that we're blessed when we do what it says, not when we hear what it says. So if the enemy can keep you from the word, he can keep you from the life that Christ has offered you. How is he doing? Is it a challenge to get to your scriptures every day? Uh, a scripture, let alone like a few books. Is it, is it work? Yeah, that's your warfare. Get to the word. But it's not enough you get to the word. You've got to take some time with the word and allow that to transform the, the way that you think. That doesn't happen reading it through once. Allow it to change the way that you think, the emotions that you feel, and the images you carry. You are currently moving towards the dominant image that you carry within your heart. So everybody, you want to change your life, you've got to change your image. Not just self-image, you've got to change that too. And that's work. You've got to begin to see yourself the way that Jesus sees you. And he sees you healed, he sees you whole, he sees you happy, he sees you overcoming, he sees you victorious, he sees you as the head, not the tail, he sees you without pain, he sees you with great peace. You need to be thinking, acting, feeling, and seeing his thoughts in your life. That process is called meditation. Uh, let me just uh, sneak into the New Testament, of 1 Corinthians chapter, oh, let me just stay in the ESV, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Did I give you that one? Yeah, that's great. Good. Well, it was a few days ago they asked for scriptures. That stuff changes. The, 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 the church is not a building, but it is a structure. It's a spiritual structure. So how do you build a spiritual structure, a spiritual material? Did you know that worship is a spiritual structure? It somehow creates a a metaphysical 
uh, um, basket where the presence of God dwells. I don't know how it works. I just know it's so. And since the church is a spiritual structure, it says about Jacob, he says, I see angels ascending and descending. They're going up and coming down. Why aren't they coming down and going up? Because we're commissioning them to go up, get some building materials, and come back down to build the awesome house of God. It's our Rona. (laughs) Go and come back down. Why do they need to go to heaven to get the materials? Because, they have, because the materials are spiritual materials. And you're building a spiritual structure. We're told in uh, one of the epistles that it, we become a dwelling place for the Lord, his temple. I don't know how that works. I just know it's so. Because the Bible tells me so. So, so the church cannot be built on intellectualism. Most of the New Testament was written to combat that. The issue that Paul had to address was Gnosticism. If I just know more, I'll be more closer to God. It's a lie. I just let that deconstruct for a second. Now, now the other side of that is you've got to get some knowledge, the right kind of knowledge. And then it says... In Proverbs 24, that wisdom builds the house. Wisdom is taking the knowledge of God and applying it in a practical sense. So you can put some, you can fill the rooms, Proverbs 24 says, with knowledge, but it can't build. Bible, the New Testament says that all that knowledge does is build, puff you up. I'm not trying to puff you up. I'm trying to build you up. And last night, what happened is because prophecy builds, that was more a word of knowledge that the Lord wanted to minister to Brittany and others. But what was he trying to do? He's building the church. How? By building people. How? With spiritual material. Okay. Great. Just trying to establish that. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1. I put, you should, if you're in, if you know of anybody that deals with depression, you should write beside verse 9, the cure for depression. Because, because what if hope is an image? What if hope is an image? A beautiful, fulfilled future. If you had an image of a beautiful future, what would that do in your heart? It builds you, right? So, so everybody meditates. For some of you, that looks like worry. Because what you're doing is mulling over negative stuff. You're meditating. And what you're doing is you're building a picture that's pulling you backwards, not forwards. So, so, uh, <laughs> so, so it's, this is an Old Testament passage taken from Isaiah. So, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You, so I need to empower some of your imaginations because he's got some things prepared for you. My question is, do you know what they are? You can f- discover who they are, what they are, by meditating on the word. So these things, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, 
For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from, who is from, Christ, from God, that we may understand the things freely given to us by God. Wow! And we impart these words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. I prefer not to speak to your minds, but it's one of my only ways of getting to your spirit. The natural person doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Your heart will pick up a lot faster... What what's the Lord's trying to do, then your head will. Which is why you should be taking notes. Not what I'm saying, but what you're experiencing. Uh, for, for they are folly to him, and he doesn't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord that he can instruct him, but that we have the mind of Christ? Did you know that you have access to the mind of Christ? How many of us are 100% functioning with the mind of Christ? It's, it's sort of rhetorical, but ever. So you have access to it, but you're not functioning in it. How do you function in that? By allowing your mind to become renewed with his thoughts so you can carry his thoughts, his emotions. So when you look at a word, for example, let's just take Psalm mm, 34, I think it is where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Don't rush through that. Sit with that. Mull that over. Take one word at a time. Go really slow until you begin to feel it as so in your life. And then you will effortlessly begin to walk it out in your life without even having a conscious thought. Because it'll be written on your heart. Did you know you can write stuff in your heart? There's already things written on your heart, and they're lies. Spiritual warfare primarily is replacing lies with truth. So if I say, so it says, it says, a taste, this is, this is remarkable. So taste and see. Aren't those different? Does, it, does that not bother you? No? It's meant to. It's meant to irritate you. Uh, not so you'll say, ah, the scripture contradicts itself. It's so that you'll sit with it because it's true. His, his word is true. I mean, go ahead and intellectualize that if you want, but you're going to miss the truth that will transform you. Taste, have an experience, and then begin to see. What happens when I experience something? I begin to perceive something differently. So some of you don't think God's good because you haven't tasted or seen. How do I see with my taste? Are you with me? Are you, isn't, isn't this like, and your mind's going, <laughs> all right, we're grinding gears. I can see smoke coming out of your collars. How do I find him? You can't, because this is spirit to spirit. This isn't head to head. So I'm trying to get to your spirits. Your head won't change you. It'll confuse you. You'll just replay it and try and reason it out, and you say, ah, oh, it doesn't make sense. I'm going for pizza. <laughs> well, you've got to stop that. You've got to stop that if you want to be prosperous and have good success. You're meant to meditate on the Word yeah. day and night. Yeah. Your spirit never sleeps. Yeah. Right. 
We are three parts. One part of you, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, one part of you will, is going to be the same in heaven. Two parts of you in the process of being transformed. Your spirit, your spirit will not change when you get a new body. But thank goodness a new body is coming. Will, you ready for a new body? Amen. Aren't we all? <laughs> so, so what do we need to do with our body? We need to tell our body what our spirit is telling our body to do. We got a big problem. It's called our soul, your mind. Your emotions, your will. Well, my emotions don't, they tell me I'm not healed. Oh, but my spirit says I'm healed. My emotions don't tell me I don't feel healed. Well, and by the way, my doctor says I'm not healed. He says I've got a chronic disorder. But my spirit says I'm healed. Right. you got to be careful because your body is just waiting for an order. Right. It's waiting to get some information to make some transformation. Right. Are, you, are you, see what's happening? Yeah. I know, I know, I'm messing with you. But, but, the, but the issue is, God's word has, has, is, is like tried in fire thousands of times. It's proven to be true. The issues is you and me have not allowed it to find a place to live within us so we can live it out. It's trying to just... Now, is that how much time I have left? Is it not... What is it? Is time I have left or time I've already spent? Oh, Lord... John chapter 6 and verse 63, here's what's really important. Salvation didn't come to your head. Your head's in the process of being saved. One part of you has been saved, transformed. It's, it's profound. John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says, this, this is in red, it, it, it is the spirit that gives life. The spirit is no help at all. The, sorry, there's a spirit that gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says that the mind that's set on the flesh is death. Oh, yeah, verse 16. What, where is this from? Oh, it's in, where are we? The spirit of self bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. The flesh doesn't get that. Your spirit gets that. Oh. So. So your spirit <clears throat> that's, that's been born again, it contains the mind of Christ. Now listen to me. You, you can disagree if you want, but I'm leaving right after lunch. You can deal with Josiah. This is his location. You have a, a, a physical mind. It's, a, it's actually sort of metaphysical, but it's, it takes place someplace up here in your brain. And you've got a mind of the spirit. Maybe nobody's told you that, but you gotta, you got to get, the, get them in the right order because we want the mind of Christ. All right. Okay, so, so what, happens when, what happens when you're reading spirit and you're reading life and you begin to read that and something explodes inside your heart and you go, whoa, what just happened? That's revelation knowledge. You're not changed yet. You just got a revelation. Now, uh, so, so, so let me just, biblical meditation. It is a spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It's like, okay, so, so I'm told to fix my eyes on Jesus. 
I can't see Jesus. We deal in the unseen. Did you know that? We're, we're, we're anticipating heaven. I am. Um, we, we believe in an ancient book that says 2,000 years ago somebody died and obliterated my sin. Unseen. The way that Paul dealt with his troubles in chapter 4 and verse 18 of either 1st or 2nd Corinthians, I think it's 2nd Corinthians, uh, he says... He says, these momentary afflictions that are causing us so much trouble, that's okay because we don't fix our eyes on them. We fix our, yeah, there it is. For this momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Next verse. And as we look not at the things that are seen but are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The world, world was created by things were not seen, not things were not real. They were, it was created by the unseen real. So we are, we, are, we are told to fix our eyes on things we can't see. You and I, we either live our lives based on memory or imagination. Your memory will, will you can trace back and you can tell me how many, how many windows were in your childhood bedroom. One, two, three, you'll be able to go there. Uh, if, I, if I said to you the word dog, you would come up with a picture in your mind. You wouldn't see D-O-G. I say dog. I'm going to give you another picture. Black dog. Different picture. You're looking straight at me, but you're looking at the invisible things. I'm going someplace. If I said angry black dog, now what are you seeing? And you may be hearing it. And maybe if you had been bit by a dog, you are being triggered traumatically right now. Do you see what's happening? The unseen things are more real than the things that you see. But the things that we see, many of us build our lives on things that we see. I can hurt you without touching you. You can touch the person beside you. What did you touch? Nobody's touching the person beside you. These people, Dave. What part did you touch? Did you touch their soul, their spirit, or their body? You touched their body. But you can use words and hurt someone's soul. Am I right? Some of you carry words that were hurt, and they're not physical wounds, but they're, they're, they're metaphysical wounds. Okay. Let me get you where I'm trying to get to, because I'm trying to get someplace, and I want to pray for some people. I want to talk about, so, so, our, I want to, so meditation, now imagination. Um, there, there's three types of imaginations according to the Bible. Genesis uh, 6 and verse 5 says, uh, God said, they have ev evil imaginations. They only have evil imaginations continually, chapter 6 and verse 5. There's an evil imagination. So where you're, where you're, where you're able, but what your mind is making up. I mean, if you're only playing, uh, you know, whatever, Dungeons and Dragons, or I don't know, the, somebody killed somebody, and you should, you, your mind can actually begin to carry that, and that can get written on on your heart, and you can begin to live that out if you're not careful. It does happen. Evil imagination. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 says we can have a vain imagination. The people that didn't carry God in their heart, they gave themselves over to fleshly stuff, you know, and wah, wah, wah. And it was like, it was vain. All they could think about was themselves. Anybody got, it's called narcissism. <laughs> all you can do is think about yourself constantly, right? And there's also a godly imagination that's been transformed by taking the word of God 
ingesting it day by day, moment by moment, allowing the spirit and the life of this word, work it out. You sit with it. You can close your eyes. You can meditate on it until it becomes part of who you are and you can begin to feel the emotion of the fulfillment of that word in, in, on the inside. I've been healed three or four times. Uh, not, and it is miraculous, but it wasn't instantaneous. It was a process... Many of you believe that God heals. Not as many believe that he will heal you. Ouch. So there's three types of imagination. Um, uh, you, 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 you can't fulfill the purposes of God in your life accidentally. No, that's worth, that's worth remembering. <laughs> Because it's going to take a little bit of work and a little bit of time. And you, it says of David, he fulfilled the purposes of God in his generation. We do that by being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We meditate on the word until his thoughts become my thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55, it says this. It says that your thoughts are not my thoughts. And in my heart, I go, oh, no, I want your thoughts. He said, I would like to give you my thoughts. And here's how you do it. Just like the rain and snow come down from heaven, read it when you get home. Isaiah 55, just like rain and snow, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return unto me void. Only if you let, allow it, the rain to soak in, weed that garden, and allow that to bring forth a harvest. That's why we have, a, that's why we have an altar. Yeah. We can declare a word, but if you're not careful, you'll lose it before you get to the parking lot. We want to seal it. If Brittany would have taken off and went home and not got her word, now she has to nurture that. Why? Because it hasn't completely come to pass yet. It's just the beginning. She, we all have spiritual wombs where we're nurturing, we're nurturing the word. In 1 Peter, it says that the, your con, conversion was the result of being born again by incorruptible seed. That word seed is sperma. Do I have to give you a visual? It's alive. Did you know it's alive? Will you let it live in you every day until you become conformed to the image of Christ? I just preached to you all, you all word. All right. Now I'm going to give you the science behind that, I think. The original theologian in the garden said, has, has God really said? Has God really said? Has, has God really said? You notice that what he, what he did, he didn't show up with a Magnum 44. He showed up with a thought. Because thoughts are prophets. And your words are forces. The word confession means it's homologio. It means to say the same thing as. Our confession needs to be the same thing as he said. So it says, and I'm just going to go really quick. Because the day that you eat, your eyes will be open. Let me, let me, just, let me just say something that you already know. Do you think that Adam and Eve had trouble seeing So, so uh, uh, quantum physicists have discovered at least 10 dimensions. Adam or Eve were able to perceive at least 10 dimensions. You and I perceive three dimensions, sometimes four by faith. So he says, well, here's what's going to happen. Your eyes are going to be opened. They were already seeing in the spirit. They had a spirit being come and talk to them. 
Are you getting that? They were able to see just fine, right in the spirit. But something happened. It says the day that they ate, their eyes were open. My question is, what eyes? And what eyes were closed at the same time? They were, they went, the moment that they eat, they still saw. But they didn't see in the spirit. They only saw in the flesh. And they went and covered themselves up physically. The, Jesus came to restore sight. What sight do you think he came to restore? Our spiritual sight. There's some of you in here are seers. And there's some of you who desire to be seers, see in the spirit. And there's some of you who have a question, is seers even in the Bible? Well, I'm glad you have a question about that. I'm going to close with this thought, but don't let the, don't let the band come up quite yet. It says of Jesus, it says, so, so here's why this is important. Jesus, how do you think Jesus seen? You don't have to answer. I'm asking a question. I don't want you to answer. That's odd. Hey. It says of Jesus, he came to, he came to see the Lazarus, Lazarus's tomb. And before he called Lazarus to come forth, then he had to use his name. Otherwise, everybody would have came up with their graves. So he, he says, before he called Lazarus to come forth, what does it say? It says he looked up. What, so what was going on? Ascending and descending. And he's beginning to get the mind of the Lord. Did the Lord want Lazarus to come forth? Does the Lord want ears opened? Who made the bread again? Where'd she go? The girl with the purple hair. Where the heck? Why am I missing? Oh, there you go. You you have to see and feel your hearing is 100%. Because if you look up to heaven... You're here, you, when we get to heaven, we're going to hear, hear perfectly. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we are moving from the things of heaven to earth. The things of earth, as that song says, they're growing strangely dim. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000, he needed to do a physical miracle. What did he do first? It says looking up and then giving thanks. So what was he doing? He's going, oh, right, right, I get it. Get, ask the kid that has the fish and the bread, got it. And they said, thank you, Lord, for the bread and the fish. And he multiplied it. What did he do? He got a vision of what was to take place on earth. And then you got to have understanding, the revelation. He needed wisdom to go through revelation. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, and wisdom and revelation go together. And he got the wisdom. And then what did he do? He just walked it out. He just walked it out. Okay, let me give you the science, and then we'll close. Um, physicists have discovered that an electron exists as a wave of energy until it's observed. Once it's observed or once it's seen, it collapses into a particle of matter. It's called the observing, the observer's effect. The observer, you, you, when, you, when you look at a, a, a proton or, uh, or an electron, they be, the electron becomes matter, a proton becomes light. It, what, what, just, what takes place? It's called wave function collapse. It takes a wave of energy, and when, you, and when they're able to see it, it changes into something that's when they, when, they, when they see, oh, there it is, and then it changes into something physical. Isn't that wild? What if you and I could get a healing particle and see it? And see it and collapse it? You, seeing an auditorium 
with 1,800 people, seeing it, collapsing that, and then just beginning to walk it out. Some of you need to get a vision for your marriage. You need to collapse a relational particle from heaven. It says of Jesus, I only do the things I see my father do. How is he doing that? Not doing those physical eyes. God's spirit. Okay, the team can come. I'm going to close. It says, it says of Jesus, when John the Baptist, Johnny B, he's seen Jesus come. He says, uh, and, and we saw a dove descend. And we've seen the dove descend. So, he, so now, and it, and it descended and it landed on Jesus. And at that point, a voice was heard. Seen, heard, heard a voice. And then it says, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And then it says, that's funny. and he talked to an, a, an, an invisible, a someone of another dimension, a spiritual being. Talked to an, an, indiv an individual, a, a real unseen being. When Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, his spirit eyes were open, his spirit ears were open. And he chose from that point on, he was going to walk in complete obedience to the leading of the Spirit. You and I are not just Spirit-filled people, we're Spirit-led people. When we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, the second, this, this second dimension, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we get the potential now of our spirit eyes being open, our spirit ears being open, and, and the desire in our heart to walk that out in obedience. That's what we choose to do. I'm going to call people forward in, in just a second because I, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. We need, this is how the church is built. The rock is a revelation of who Jesus is. The, the church is built on a revelation of Jesus. You do not have enough lifetimes to get a revelation of how good Jesus is, how powerful he is, how profound he is, and how cool he is. I want you to stand with me. And I want you to do what Josiah says is not spiritual, but it is now. <laughs> I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about a situation that you're in right now. And, and I want you to start, to start to feel it a little bit. Just start to feel it. Just begin to feel an emotion of that. Holy Spirit, you're just doing a powerful transformation of people's hearts because they're realizing that the image they have and the emotion they have is not the same as the emotion and the image that you have for them. So now I want you to get vision and feel the emotion of how, of, of his thoughts for you. I know we're told our thoughts aren't his thoughts, but now they're becoming his thoughts because we're yielding our thoughts to him and we're yielding our images to him. I'm going to lead you now in a prayer that, that goes like this, forgive us, Lord, and forgive us, Lord, for, not, for having ungodly imaginations and images before us. We're going to have no other idol in front of us. So, Father, we ask for forgive. I ask for forgiveness on behalf of the people that are gathered here tonight for the images and the emotions that they carried that were not kingdom emotion or kingdom vision, image. Lord, your kingdom emotions are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering. Again, there's no law against those. And instead, these images are unhealthy and they're ungodly. And the image, now I'm going to ask that you deposit your image of your thoughts for them. Because your thoughts for us are more than the sands of the sea. I ask for your image based on 
the word of truth. Lord, show them. Show them, because you're able to do more than they can imagine. Think or imagine. Show them a godly image now. Right now. See, it's all, I know, what, what the image you'll get will be too good to be true. That's, that's the, this is the too good to be true gospel. Too good to be true. It's an image of you whole, healed, happy, joyful, peaceful, powerful. All those, that other image of you being nothing, nobody, nowhere, nothing, not seen, nobody cares, all of that, that's ungodly. That's, not, that's taking you to the wrong place. Get a godly image. Look at that. Hold that in front of you. Now, Father, that we would feel the way that you feel. Lord, I thank you that your thoughts toward us are only good, giving us a hope and a future, a destination, a destiny and a future. So, Father, I pray for everybody in this room right now that they would carry a godly image in front of them that you've, you've given them and that they, would, that they would nurture that and carry that in their hearts. Father, let them, let them see and feel and know how you feel and think and know about them. Father, I bless this body. I thank you for the enlargement of this place. Thank you for the enlargement of every heart that's here. Thank you for a place where your presence is welcome, where your word is declared, where your spirit can move, and we will treasure that vision within our heart until we see come to pass, until you return, Lord. We, you're, the increase of your government, there will be no end. And we declare that this is a place where your kingdom can be developed, where your body can grow, where your bride can become beautiful, and you can be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.